77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Super Tramp for you, 841 on your Tuesday morning, Tuesday, February the 7th. Later on tonight, the new season, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Frank Catania will join me live in studio on Friday. And I'm meeting Louis Rielas for lunch later on today. So I'm uh, knee deep in the Housewives of uh, New Jersey. But our next guest is uh, close to Jersey. In fact, I believe there's a Jersey town neighboring Rockland County. Montvale is right there. But he is the pride of Rockland County, uh, Congress, District 17, and has become a really good guest on this program. That is Mike Lawler. Mike, welcome back. Sid, Andrew Giuliani in studio. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks, Sid. Hey, Andrew. How are you? Mike, great to talk to you as always. Nice to have you back, Mike. Let's start with the, before we get to the State of the Union and some other stuff you've been doing lately with with, um, congestion pricing. I want to start with George Santos. There's another controversy. Now there's a man out there that says that uh, Santos uh, unwanted sexual advances. You were on last week talking about Santos. And I think, I think, and if I'm wrong, correct me, you're pretty confident that eventually they're going to get rid of him. You guys will get rid of him. I know there's a big contention out of Long Island. Joe Cairo, Peter King, Bruce Blakeman, they're trying to get it done. But McCarthy swears him in. Right now he's got a position. This latest controversy, how bad is that for George Santos? Look, uh, I, I, there are obviously multiple investigations here. And now uh, this most latest allegation, which is serious and, and needs to be addressed, um, it's just disturbing, the whole thing. From start to finish, uh, I and, and my colleagues have called for him to resign. Uh, he seems incapable, not only of not you know, telling the truth, but he seems incapable of, of taking any responsibility for, for his actions. Um, I, I suspect when all is said and done, uh, you know, and the investigations are complete, uh, one way or the other, he will, he will be uh, out of Congress. Uh, and, and frankly, uh, it's it's the right thing for not just uh, the residents of the third district, but for uh, the conference and the party. Uh, his, his conduct is unbecoming. It's embarrassing uh, and it's never ending. And, and that really is just what is so disturbing here. It's it's one story after the next that just, uh, you know, makes makes your uh, hair stand up on the on the back of your neck. And um you know, I, we pushed myself, several of my colleagues uh, went to leadership and, and pushed for him to be removed from committees. Uh, he was given a choice, uh, either resign from committee or be voted out of the committee. And uh, I think it was probably the only smart decision he's made in this whole process. Uh, <laughs> he, he chose to, to step down from the committee's. You know, I, I can hear how enthused you are to get another George Santos questions. I'm sure you've gotten thousands of them. So I have to ask, 
Are you more looking forward to your next George Santos question or Joe Biden's State of the Union tonight? I'm more looking forward to Joe Biden's State of the Union. You know, as a <laughs> as somebody who's been around this uh, a, a long time, uh, this this will be the first time I've ever seen a State of the Union live, and and you know, regardless of who the president is, uh, it, it's pretty cool to be part of it. Uh, on, a, on a personal level, and, and I'm uh, very much looking forward to it. My wife will be here tonight as well, and uh, and get to experience that. And and frankly, you know, I think for me, uh, that's uh, the coolest part about it. You know, my wife is an immigrant from Eastern Europe. Uh, she came here a decade ago. She became a citizen two years ago. Uh, and to think, you know, she'll be sitting uh, in the House chambers to watch the President of the United States deliver State of the Union. It's not bad. No, listen, it's great. Uh, all kidding aside, it's great. And now, of course, this year we've got the slight majority, ever so slight, but we've got it first time in uh, in years. So I wonder this, being that you're all enthusiastic and proud to be there tonight, and your wife, as you should be, will you go in there tonight with the mindset of he's the president, I'm going to be respectful, I'm going to clap when everybody else claps, or because you're a Republican, are you going to go in there tonight, and when he says something which is a lie, which will be all night, he's going to lie all night long, Lawler, are you too good to roll your eyes, maybe not clap? How will Mike Lawler act tonight when the president lies, which he's going to do all night? Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm probably one of the most prolific eye rollers. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I won't be able to roll my eye, not roll my eyes. Let's get a Lawler can tonight. I, I want a Lawler can. <laughs> I will be. I will be, of course, respectful. I mean, look. At the end of the day, the president is there to deliver uh, a State of the Union message. Uh, we will have an opportunity as as the opposing party to uh, issue a rebuttal. Um, and uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, the governor of Arkansas, will do that. Uh, but uh, I'm very interested in hearing what the president has to say on a whole host of issues. The bottom line is the American people elected us to be a check and balance on the Biden administration because we're dealing with record inflation, skyrocketing energy prices, surging crime in areas like New York, a porous southern border. Uh, massive inflows of fentanyl and illegal immigration. Uh, and, and people want responsible, reasonable solutions to these problems. And so I'm very much looking forward to listening to the president tonight uh, deliver his State of the Union. And hopefully he will recognize uh, that one party rule in Washington is over. Uh, and that he has a responsibility to work with us in the same way that we have a responsibility to work with him. Uh, obviously, the debt ceiling uh, is is a major issue that everybody's been talking about. Speaker McCarthy delivered uh, remarks on that last night. Um, and you know, it's funny you say that's a major issue because every economist that I bring on this show, whether it's Larry Kudlow, Ron Insana, Monica Crowley, they all say it's basically a better complete that this thing will be wrapped up before we default in June. Nobody seems to think on the economy side that taking this very seriously that we're going to default. Oh, I, I, I agree. We, we are not going to default. We're going to pay our debts previously incurred, and we're going to lift the debt ceiling. But the issue is very simple. Uh, the president thinks there should just be a clean debt ceiling uh, vote. 
And he's looking to people like me who are in districts that that he won in 2020 uh, and trying to put pressure on us right. to, to just vote for a clean debt ceiling. Bill. Right. That's not going to happen. And the reason it's not going to happen is that any major spending reforms that have occurred in recent history have been tied to the debt ceiling. And we cannot continue to sustain spending at the levels that this administration and frankly, the one before it incurred. Uh, it is out of control. It's reckless. And it is it has put us in a very uh, precarious situation. So to, to increase spending like this administration has by five trillion dollars in two years is totally unsustainable. We now have over thirty one trillion dollars in debt. Uh, and we cannot continue down this path. So we need a real budget process that goes line by line by line that requires every agency and department to justify their spending um, and, and come up with a long-term plan to put us on the path to fiscal solvency. The president has to negotiate with the speaker on that in good faith and, and be reasonable and responsible here. And that's what we're saying as part of this debt ceiling uh, negotiation. So, yes, the debt ceiling will be lifted. No, I'm not concerned about default. Uh, we we have to pay our obligations. And frankly, uh, if for no other reason, you look at what it would do uh, to our standing in the world globally uh, and the impact that has in uh, dealing with China, oh. uh, we absolutely oh. cannot default. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the most disingenuous claims that I've heard Biden make over the two years is that uh, the uh, the debt ceiling is not related to spending uh, when we know that current spending uh, ultimately will determine the debt ceiling in years to come. It's very much connected. But one of the things, Mike, I want to talk to you about uh, in light of the city and the state pushing through congestion pricing, you and Josh Gottheimer, among others, uh, have been really trying to push back on the city and state implementing congestion pricing here in New York City, which, as you've said and highlighted, would be a disaster to so many people that are commuting. And as somebody who lives in New York City, who has a car, I'm certainly not looking forward to what will probably be more than $5,000 extra a year in paying. Uh, tell me a little bit about where that is. Yeah, this has been uh, an issue that I've been railing against since the, the moment it came up. Congestion pricing has never worked anywhere it has been implemented. And this is nothing more than a money grab by the most corrupt and worst run authority in the country. The MTA uh, has operated billions uh, in, in the red for years because they are poorly managed, poorly run. Uh, and now what they're trying to do is take billions of dollars uh, in federal aid, in state aid, and create this new congestion uh, pricing scheme that will uh, raise over a billion dollars on the backs of hardworking New Yorkers who have to commute into the city. Here's the problem, Rockland County. We do not have a one-seat ride. Yeah. We have to go through New Jersey to get into Manhattan. Many of our commuters are forced to drive because the MTA has cut express rail service. And in fact, during COVID, they threatened to eliminate uh, rail service altogether for West of Hudson commuters. So the MTA is a joke. Uh, they, they need a complete enema uh, in their management <laughs> uh, team. And as far as I'm concerned, this program, this scheme needs to be dead in its tracks. And so what Josh Gottheimer and I have said 
is if you are going to proceed forward, Governor Hochul, if you are going to proceed forward with this, then it's clear you do not need federal aid uh, for the MTA. And you can move forward with that. And we'll take the $2 billion that the federal government gives you and we'll create a federal tax credit for those commuters who are in the MTA region who are forced to drive in and pay this congestion uh, pricing tax, which will cost the average family $5,000 a year in addition to the tolls they already pay to cross over the Hudson River to get into the city. So this, this plan is one of the dumbest plans that's been enacted. And I will do everything I can uh, with respect to the federal purse strings to hold New York accountable uh, to its taxpayers and stop this nonsense once and for all. Excellent job, as always. The pride of Rockland County, that 17th district in Washington, D.C., for the first time with his beautiful wife tonight, seeing the State of the Union in person. Our good buddy, Mike Lawler. Mike, enjoy tonight. Congratulations. Thanks for another great appearance. We'll talk again very, very soon. Thanks, Sid. Thanks, Andrew. All right, buddy. Mike Lawler right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning with me, Sid Rosenberg, and him, Andrew Giuliani. We'll be right back on a Tuesday morning.